listeners, maybe you picked this up last week, but we're doing something new with the podcast. We are combining forces with the If We Were Writing podcast made by the Feisty team. And so what's going to happen is if you want to keep getting this triathlonish podcast, you need to go over to the Feisty Iron Women feed. We'll include it in the show notes and subscribe there because we'll be consolidating all triathlon news, triathlon-ish news onto that feed. So the Iron Women feed on the Feisty uh, media team. What we're going to do with this podcast is I will be co-hosting with Sarah True now, a kind of rotating panel of guests, and we'll still have Sid Talks come in and do her, or we'll still have Laura Sidal come in and do her Sid Talks segment of all the latest news on triathlon, and then we'll talk about, you know, all the other things kind of going on in the triathlon-ish world. We have the first episode here today for you all, but again, if you want to keep getting it, go over to the Iron Women feed, subscribe there. Uh, we will be posting the first few episodes for the next few weeks here of the new joint If We Were Writing podcast. We are on our new, if we were writing group ride, uh, Sarah, we have some like you and it's you and me together, like back together, together again in the future. And we have some new, new people with us. Do you want to tell everyone who's, who's joining us today? Well, don't you think they should introduce themselves? Probably. But I, I mean, want, I don't want to, I don't want to be weird. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Sarah, uh, she doesn't know who we are. Of course we <laughs> do. Okay. All right. Khadija, you're up first. You want to give everybody an intro? <laughs> so uh, my name is Khadija Diggs. I am a mom and a triathlete uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, a lot of people know me as uh, the first hijabi to race for the U.S. team. And I advocate for Muslim women of color in the sport of triathlon. Awesome. And Jocelyn, do you want to give a little, a little intro? Sure. Hi, it's Jocelyn Wong-Neal. Um, some people in the triathlon world know me as the Wong Star from back when I raced as a pro in back in 2009 to 2011, raced three seasons. Um, people may not know I was the first Asian American female pro triathlete because nobody really cared back then. <laughs> but you guys did. <laughs> um, right now I work... As a prosthetist, orthotist, so I make prosthetic legs. I have a two and a half year old toddler named Ainsley. I have a dog named Arrow, spelled A E R O, like aerodynamic. Wordplay and... written really works well in audio. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I leave frequent voicemails on this podcast that I could win it with Sarah and Sarah. So you may recognize my voice from nice. various rants or stories that I sent in. Excellent. Oh. I uh, I was going to make you introduce yourselves by saying, so Sarah loves the I rock because segment. And so I was going to make everybody say I rock because and tell us what is the thing you are most proud of recently. You're all like, oh, thinking, thinking. I 
I have to give a shout out to my nieces. Okay. So my my sister-in-law was listening to the podcast and she was a little appalled by my version of I Rock Because that it wasn't <laughs> self-congratulatory enough. Okay. And my nieces recorded one where basically it's like Sarah rocks because she has a son and a dog and wears bib shorts when she rides her bike, <laughs> uh, makes really good cakes. You know, they just they had this long list of things. And I I got done watching this little video. I'm like, yeah, I have a dog. I rock. (laughs) (laughs) The sweetest thing in the world. So it doesn't have to be a serious I rock because I mean, they that's why they think Aunt Sarah's pretty awesome. So I'm going to that's why I rock, because my my nieces are the best. And I'm going to take credit for that. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Every once in a while, like I bake cakes for them. <laughs> Deal breaker. Do you guys, do you guys understand the I rock because is like you're supposed to say a thing that you've done recently that you're like really, and it, and it can be anything, uh, as Sarah has just demonstrated. <laughs> I have one. Okay. I, I rock because I won a 10K over the weekend. Oh. And it was super exciting because I live in. Delaware so the races here are pretty small so uh but I'm not supposed to downplay my accomplishments either so we don't have to say how many people were in the race (laughs) but I got to break the finish tape and I held it over my head like I want an Iron Man (laughs) and apparently that's not a runner thing (laughs) (laughs) but I've been a triathlete for over 20 years now so this is like the only way I know to like win a race and break a tape <laughs> so I like as I'm walking away with the, with the banner over my shoulder the one volunteer has to like chase after me and ask for it back and I was kind of like I know I know I'm not allowed to keep it <laughs> should That's definitely keep we're it special yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it was uh uh it's been like over three and a half years since I've won anything with like having my kid and then last year I tore my meniscus from we'll call it a freak freak breastfeeding injury (laughs) if you want to know more I like Sarah Sarah really wants to know more I can see she does but she also like doesn't (laughs) want to dive into that right now (laughs) we don't have to talk about it we can just have a it be a mysterious thing that like randomly on the or may (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to pivot and be like, all right, Khadija. <laughs> okay. So I rock because I have balanced over the last two months being a soccer mom, along with the crazy that is already my life. My youngest son is playing soccer now and he really enjoys it. So I'm happy about that. Oh, yeah. Soccer's fun. Yes. There's yeah. a lot of driving involved though. Oh, is there? Yes. And purchasing of snacks and water (laughs) and ringing of bells. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to say I rock because I'm doing my first 70.3 in like, I don't know, four years next, Mm -hmm. not like not this week, next weekend. And I am quite out of shape uh, for a number of reasons, whatever. And, uh, but, and I could be all like, I could like, but I'm going to do it anyway, guys, even though I'm like, you know, like I could be like, oh, I'm going to embarrass myself and like, I'm going to feel bad about it. Right. But no. I'm going to go, I'm going to do it. It'll be fun. And I'm going to go camping. So love it. Here's the thing. Nobody cares about your result 
as much as you do. Like nobody's yeah. going to notice. They're going to be like, that's awesome. Much. My mom <laughs> definitely cares to be clear. Yeah, but she's, she's proud of you no matter what, Kelly. <laughs> she's also worried I'm going to die no matter what, every time. She's like, you survived another triathlon? That's so just, yeah, just, just that's finish. My mom is. That's no. good enough. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So coming up on the show today, uh, this is our new group ride. We will talk about all things. And then we will also have a segment from Laura Sadal, uh, Sid Talks, who will recap the news of the week. And then uh, we will talk about what we're looking forward to this year. We're going to talk about how you raise 10 kids, because this is I'm still just hung up on this. And then what stood out for us, uh, you know, over this past week of, of big races. And Sarah has a surprise question for everyone at the end. Okay, to start out, I wanted to ask everybody, and I have like I feel like we're gonna be like way more informal on our group rides in the future, but I want to ask everybody what they're most looking forward to in the world of non-ball sports or ball sports, whatever, this year. I, for example, and I feel like I want to ask Sarah about this. Like, I'm going probably gonna to go to the Paris test event, which is like a big Olympic qualifying event. I'm very excited about this, and I've never been to an Olympic qualifying event. I've been to the Olympics one. And you, I mean, obviously you have been there. Is it like bigger, smaller than the Olympics? Like more stressful, less stressful? I would say it's an equivalent to any of the WTS races. Uh, A little more stressful for the athletes, obviously, Obviously. because there's something on the line. Uh, But it's also an opportunity for the race organizers to really make sure that they have things dialed in. For, For venues where they don't normally have races it's really important because they want to make sure everything is that's why it's a testament Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's a qualification race but it's also you know the dress rehearsal for the race organizers um so they they want to prove to the ioc that they have everything ship shape ready to go for for the the following year so it's paris is like they're gonna like bike by the eiffel tower they're gonna like finish on that like fancy bridge i can't remember the name of so it's like it's a whole Thing. Yeah, it's 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 going to be absolutely spectacular. Um, Wait, isn't this why the Tour de France doesn't know it? Or is that the next year? Something yes. about the next final year. stage being somewhere else? Next year, the Tour de France can't finish in Paris because the Olympics are in Paris. Uh-uh. Yeah. But the, this year, they're like they're saying, they have to practice. Is this a qualifier for some of the Americans? Yes. So is this the first qualifying event? It is the first big Olympic qualifying event for a lot of countries like the Americans. Um, the okay. Americans are, and, and the British, whatever. There's a number of countries that are using it as a big qualifying event. Everyone has like different ways they do it. The Americans is like a little more like here are set criteria. Whereas like some of the countries are a little more like we will pick. Yeah, And it's it's really nice to get it done on the course just because you feel like, okay, I had a good enough result to make my team. I have a year to prepare uh, you know, I, I feel good about the course. Let's now that I know what it's like to race fast in the, this course, let's take that mentally into the, the next 365 days <laughs> of preparation. <laughs> Sounds stressful. Yeah, no big deal. No only, big deal. only a year of having it always on your shoulders, whatever. <laughs> At least yours didn't get canceled, right? You had to wait a whole extra year because there's not a cool. yeah, oh, COVID yeah. postponement. So Fingers crossed. Guys, I know. Okay. Yeah, Don't I was jinx it. Say, Let's <laughs> go Somebody go burn some sage or something because we want to make sure. 
<laughs> so what else are you guys looking forward to? Since I already claimed, you know, the Olympics, Paris. Yeah. So I was, um, I was struggling to think of something, but because the obvious one is, is like to get excited about women's only Kona. Mm. So that's obvious, but I know the women are like going to kill it and it's going to be awesome. So what I'm kind of looking forward to is how the men's race in Nice is going to go. If it's going to be like terrible, if it's, or just terrible for the age groupers who are all pissy about it. Um, Cause I mean, I feel like that's been the general vibe amongst the age group men. And then I feel like the pro men is kind of half and half. You know, there's the diehards that are like, oh, Kona, Kona's the only world championships. Uh, I don't I want feel like spot. What I'm hearing, Jocelyn, is you are really excited to see if there are temper tantrums thrown in Nice in September. Yes. I I actually had a friend who qualified for Nice and he was more excited about going to Nice than to Kona. So, I mean, he he really, he, that was one of his goals. He wanted to race in Nice. So I actually really want to do the women's one in Nice next year. Um, Like if I can get it together, that's, that's a goal. I I want to do an Ironman ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Now my, my big thing is, um, I got an email from USA Triathlon a few months ago, and they said I've automatically qualified for the age group national championships in Minneapolis. So. This is actually the most you've ever made me laugh, sir. <laughs> I've actually gotten multiple emails from USA Triathlon to tell me I'm qualified. I don't know how, but I'm pumped. Um, I think, um, did it like some of our Canadian friends also get those yes. emails? <laughs> Oh my god. People gosh. haven't done triathlon in the last like 10 years. You know, they get they're getting emails. <laughs> they actually that email actually really sold me. I did almost sign up. I was like, I qualified. I should do it. <laughs> Is, isn't your mom there? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be there too. I was like, I should do it. You should just do it. Are you gonna do it? Are you doing it, Khadija? No, no. I'm gonna race uh Clash uh Daytona. Um and um I got uh, an entry to North Carolina, so I'm going to do that. Um, my focus more so is on um, the DISC team. We're, they're, I'm taking the whole team to try Louisville. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm not doing a full. I'm definitely not doing a full this year. I'm debating on if I ever do an, an, another full. Woo! I love the swim. <laughs> I love the bike. And then 10 miles into the run, I start rethinking my entire life. So you know, I, I feel like you have a lot on your plate trying to train yeah. for an Ironman would also be quite challenging. Now for, for our listeners, can you tell us about the just team a little bit? So, um, as, as I stated before, I was one of the, uh, the, the first woman to race on the U S team who wore hijab. Um, and I got a lot of emails from Muslim women who wanted to race, but they didn't know what to wear. They didn't feel like they were when they went to races, they were part of the tri community. So um, I started a team that um, any women can can apply for it. But I was specifically seeking out Muslim women who wanted to try out triathlon. Um, so I give them a one year experience where we talk about um, running. One of my best friends was a professional runner for Guyana. So she helps with the running. Um, I'd handle the cycling a close, a dear friend of mine from uh, Havana, Michel Gonzalez. He's a professional triathlete. He helps with the the swimming technique. They have a strength coach, a yogi, 
Um, I've partnered with F2C Nutrition and a company called Exposed Vegan to give them information on nutrition and fueling. And I give them a full year experience and tell them the only caveat is that everything that I've shared with you, share with someone else. And we pay for their um, race fees. Um, we pay, we do a full camp, which is coming up in two weeks, a three-day um, experience with them. Um, and uh, we, uh, this year, I took uh, all three young ladies to the multi-sport national festival. So we had our first hijabi national championship champion, Iman Shah, one of the super sprint in her age group. And all four of us uh, qualified to race in Australia. Oh, is that so, where, the, where the world thing is next year? It's in Australia. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just thrilled. And it's, there's, and there's two young ladies who saw Iman on the podium and then called me just, just today. They, um, we set everything up. They're going to come to, to the camp as well. And my, my reasoning behind starting disc is even though I've had a lot of challenges and some just really heart-wrenching things happen to me. 90% 90% of what happened has happened since I started triathlon has been amazing and it's changed my life for the better. And I want for my sisters, I want for them what I've received. And I just want them to know that you don't have to be like everybody else to participate. We can navigate our, our own way. And, um, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I've met so many amazing people and I want them to. So you guys are oh. going to try Louisville, you said? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's, I have a friend of mine. Her name is um, Vaughn Spencer. Yeah. She's the founder of Fast Chicks. Mm-hmm. And um, every year we do one thing where all the Fast Chicks are going to be there and the DISC team is going to be there. So you can see the introverts versus the extroverts. <laughs> all the introverts are over with me and we're just kind of sitting around the van being real quiet. And then all the extroverts are with Vaughn dancing and <laughs> <laughs> and it's 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 always fun because we we're like total opposites in personality, but it's it's the same the same end goal. We want for our sisters what we want for ourselves. So just a different you know different vibe. I uh, I think it's going to be a really fun part of this podcast following the team you know over the course of the year. So in two weeks we're going to hear about how the camp is going, which is going to be awesome. I I can't wait to hear about that. Man, I have I have nothing that's that exciting. I have um, nothing exciting. <laughs> can we just pass me over? Yeah, we're just gonna skip you. You're doing age group nationals me. as a yeah, pro. Doing, oh right, I always said it. I always said it. Done. <laughs> well, um, well, I was gonna say like, uh, you, Sarah said you you have a lot of your play teaching, and I want to go back to because I just found out that you have seven biological kids, three adopted kids. They yes. range from. 12 year old twins to 31 years. And I'm still like, I only found this out like 20 minutes ago and I'm still circling <laughs> over like how you manage, manage that. Well, well, one, they've, they've never all lived in this house together. So okay. my oldest two graduated and when they were leaving for college as literally almost as I was giving birth to the twins. <laughs> wow. the twins born in July and they left for college in August. So, um, but it's, um, I was, I was the, I, I got married young, but we didn't have uh, kids right away. Um, I was 22, going on 23 when my first child was born. And I was that one who's never going to have kids. I was going to be a career woman and that was it. And, but 
I mean, this is what Allah wrote for me. And I've, I've never been, I feel so I'm the richest woman on the earth. I tell people all the time. I maybe when, even when I'm flat broke, I'm the richest woman on the earth. And the, the, and the, even the children, and I, I hate using the word adopted because I I've called them my gifted children. They, um, they've given me more than I could have ever given them. They're, they're, they're good kids. They're very spiritual kids. My, the oldest Hassan, I mean, if anybody even looked at me wrong, he'd probably, I'd have to pull him off, off of him. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, well, then. <laughs> yeah. He's just, I'm just, I'm just grateful. It's, it's, it's hectic. It's a balance. Um, I remember going to Costco once and somebody asking me, did I own a daycare? Cause I was buying so much food. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a blessing. It, it's, it's been a blessing. I can't, it's, I can't explain it. It just, yeah. So you as, plan all day, but God is the best yeah. of planners. As, as a testament to how awesome Katina's kids must be. When we first started recording, uh, the Wi-Fi was a little patchy. It wasn't coming in very smoothly for her. And it turns out two of her kids were upstairs gaming. Uh, but they stopped gaming apparently so that you can record this podcast. So good job. I mean, I feel like a lot of kids would say, you know what, mom? Yeah. I'm just in the middle of this game. There's a thing (laughs) happening. You're going to have to wait for me. So nice child rearing. That's all I have to say. But do they know that it's going to be a weekly thing? You know, know, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't argue with me, but then you have to too. Okay. So you have to know a little bit about my background. I'm black and Hispanic. So they will not only get talked to very seriously and it'll never stop. I have the perfect side eye. So when they get the side eye, I don't even have to speak. They know they're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, they know. They know. Yeah. Sarah and Jocelyn, your kids are both like about Toddlers. the same age, right? Yeah. They're still in diapers. Oh, At least gosh. mine is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're trying <laughs> to potty train. It's so you're you're like me you're probably imagining okay let's multiply this by 10 and you know i have a hard enough time with just one so yeah. i'm so in all we're going to have to get all the mom tricks <laughs> so are the the are boys or girls because boys are harder than girls boys oh, i have a girl yeah. the girls are girls are easier yeah. boys it's like one of them i oh my gosh riyadh's gonna kill me but my son riyadh I thought he was going to be in Depends. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And right. twins are hard too. Cause they're kind of like, no, 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 stop. Move. No, 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 no. You stay here. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> twins can be hard. Oh, well, th- thankfully we just have one who has the energy of two. Um, yeah. I, thought you were, I thought you were saying for a second, boys are easier like to, re- oh, you're saying potty train that I believe Yes, or, or harder potty train that I believe. Yeah. I thought you were saying they're harder to raise because everyone, mm-hmm. me and my sister, people always told my dad that and he was like, you do not know what these no. two girls. <laughs> <laughs> girls become omniscient at 10. Oh yeah. And then once they get married, then they love you again because they realize how difficult it is. That's sweet though. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I really don't know how any of you guys do. I feel like you all, like I'm the only one that doesn't have kids and obviously it's Mother's Day and that's why we're talking. And I just don't even know. I just, do you know what I enjoy? I enjoy being like, I can just leave. 
Like I can just be like, I'm going to go to Carmel on Thursday and I don't have to worry about it. I can't. No. That's one of the hard parts. <laughs> I, I have, I have dreams about, well, not yet. Cause at what, at what age can you leave a kid at home? Like completely by themselves? Yeah, like eight. I don't for know. Like a couple hours or for like days? <laughs> like, a, like a week? I don't know. <laughs> Is it like a like a cat where you have the food and water, you're good? <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> but you know, Muslims believe that any any woman who is around children is a mother. If you if you are a partner in raising a child, whether it's an hour a week or full time, you're a mother. That that is something that culturally I feel we we forget that it's such a collective responsibility. Um, raising kids is not it's not on one yeah. person. It's not yeah. on two people. It really does take a lot of people to do it. Exactly, because yeah. they just have so much energy. No adult can keep up with them. No. It's impossible. <laughs> There's all this time if they get older. You, th- Sometimes there's things that they can't express to you as a person. They're going to need to express it to someone else. And that's important for them to have those outlets. There's all this stuff like in like census data and stuff about how like there's not the babysitting's harder than that. Like there's like where you used to just get like the kid down the street to babysit all those like, oh, your, your, you know, neighbors could come over and watch kid like all the stuff where there used to be more of like what you're saying with like community ties. Those have like kind of not disappeared, but weakened. They've weakened heavily. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a culture. I know a lot of people thought it was crazy, but my mother-in-law lived with us for a very long time. Yeah. That's not going to happen at my house. (laughs) 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 So when I had Ainsley, my mom and dad who are in California, um, they stayed with us for like almost four months and it was a little, little too long. But it was also right before the vaccines were about to come out. And this was, uh, what, early 2021. So they were only supposed to stay two months. And then it kept getting delayed right. and delayed and delayed. My but mother was like for seven years. And it was, it was, I, I enjoyed it. At first it was hard. But you have like a separate, I know people have done that, but they have like a separate house on their property. You know what I mean? Like they're, they really live like next door or they live in another, and that would be like, okay, maybe. No, No. (laughs) like an in-law suite. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have that. (laughs) The good thing was though, she didn't speak any English. And even though we were able to communicate when we really didn't want to be bothered, she acted like she didn't understand what I said. <laughs> I acted like she didn't understand. It worked out great. <laughs> I feel like I'm understanding this better now. Okay. <laughs> that is good because I, I think, you know, you need to have some boundaries. Um, yeah. So mine and she well. was respectful yeah. of that though. Yeah. We both, we both were respectful of that. And she had like her friends, she had friends uh, here in Atlanta. There's a huge Gambian community um, in Atlanta and she would go hang out with her friends and stuff like that. So she was culturally for um, them. It was the norm. And mm-hmm. after about a month, we had a really good balance. And I actually, I, I missed her when she went back to Gambia. I, I really, I missed her. That's that's actually really impressive that she came over yeah. and made friends right away. Uh, that I know tons of people who I mean I'm thinking of myself here where I've lived in the same town and I don't I don't think I have as many friends <laughs> as your mother-in-law had after like probably a week. Um, yeah. So I need to start. Yeah, I yeah. do. 
too much you, training or something. I don't you know. You need to be more social. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. West Africans are very social. Yeah. It was overwhelming for me because I was like, okay, they're just going to come over. No, wait a minute. They have to call a week in advance. But it's this? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh very, man. Very social. All right. We're going to take a quick break. After we come back, we're going to have a segment from Sid Talks. Laura Sidal is going to give us the news of the week, and then we will wrap up with what we think and Sarah's mystery question. All right. It's time for Sid Talks, which is going to be our segment where Laura Sidal tells us about the most important triathlon news of the week. And unfortunately, we're starting with a week where there's so much triathlon news that it's going to be hard to limit to three things, right? It is, which you, first of all, you gave me a five minute and I did it in seven and a half. And then you've like, and I practiced that. <laughs> and I was super impressed that from I'd gone from two minutes with wits up to five minutes. I was like, this is going to be so easy. And then I was going through every race. Well, not like the races, even like, but even the big races over the weekend and going, oh, I'm so going to blow out five minutes because it was just too many, too much good racing that needed Sid, to be. Sid needed is representing. I told her, I was joking that, oh, we got to keep it to five minutes. And then she sent me this like speed talking. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, that's what I used to do. That's what I used to do the weekend wrap up. And I used so, to have like a countdown and then it would like explode on two minutes when I still would like blow through and carry on for another another bit. <laughs> so I told her instead, I will ask her questions and she'll tell us. So to start with biggest race. But this is this is this classic, like, what is it when um you know I need to write you a short letter, so I've got to write a long letter because like you can't be it's too hard to cut it down to three things. So you just say everything. And that's exactly what I did. It's hard to pick three things from the weekend. So okay. I'm starting with the biggest race of the weekend, in my opinion, was PTO European Open. What yes. were your now? This is big because hundred K winner, PTO, huge PTO race, huge points, yep. huge fields. What were your standout performances? Okay, well, let's start with the men. Clearly, Max Newman winning, like breakout of the his win of his career. And I think probably like he's PTO ranked seventh and he was fourth, am I right, uh, Ironman World Champs in Kona. So, yes. And he's won like races. So he is a legit athlete, but he's pretty quiet about things. And I think probably goes under the radar. And I think probably wasn't necessarily picked for the win or the podium dark horse. Yes, but maybe not up there. So I think, you know, full credit to him race of his life. I think he was running for his life um, on the run with um, Christian Blumenfeld charging him down. The other thing for me on the men's side, was just, it was awesome to see Jan, Jan Fredino and Ali Brownlee back racing. And I think, yes, they, they race to win. They always want to win, but I think they were both happy just to be back on a start line and, like the you know just being racing racing with the over the hundred k with that caliber. Um, so that was good. Uh, Jason West fastest run like right. storming run on the day, like just holding, just finishing, nearly getting a sprint finish with Jan. Nearly getting a sprint finish with Jan. Um, as Jan was like zipping up his jersey. His jersey, yeah, yeah. Photo. Yeah. There was a uh, Alistair Brownlee took off like Alistair Brownlee takes off at a T two, yes. and you were like, oh. And then there was this moment on camera where you saw mm. the Alistair Brownlee shift, like the like his stride like shortens up, and I was like, oh, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it goes. It, it, it was funny because like you. This is the thing, I, and I will still stand by it. Like Ali on his day, fit, healthy, right. is in another postcode to everyone, including Christian. Like, but there is that at the moment. It's he's just on that 
struggling to find that fitness, that form again, but he still races as if he's in that ITU Olympic distance and he goes from the gun, which makes it brilliant. And one day he's, he won't blow up on the run and he will go on and destroy everybody and finish in the next, next country um, and leave Christian and everything in his way. But it was so cool to see, you know, like Ali came out of transition with Kyle Smith, which I think was awesome for Kyle um, he's dabbling again between sort of short course, long course. And then like the, the image of Jan and Christian running out of TT together, they're so different in stature, um, but two Olympic champions, two absolute legends of the sports, um, I think was pretty good. And the, the good thing I heard today is, oh, I think, yeah, you know, no, I think Jan's pulled up pretty well, which, and healthy, which is the main thing after the last the last couple of years. Um, there's probably lots of other men's performances probably we can mention. Men's. On the women, let's go to the women's side. I mean, again, you have to say Annie Haug, like you can't not give her performance as the winner. Her oldest in the field, oldest in the field as well. Um, her run was crazy. And the thing about Annie, like she does not let up. Like she absolutely stormed through the field, got to the front by halfway and just carried on going. Like mm-hmm. just wanted to push herself to the end. Um, and I think, again, she's had a couple of years where people maybe not quite wrote her off, but, you know, she suffered long-term COVID, I think, and and mm-hmm. effects from that of getting health back and obviously um, various issues with rankings and points and where she was right, ranked for right. different performances. I still think her races in Roth were, um, were better than they were ever given credit for. But <laughs> it was great to see, like, back over that short distance, like she's a full-on weapon again um disappointing then like and we didn't really know what happened like Danielle Reef just had a bad day it sounded like she had some kind of stomach bug um yeah. was sick and then Chelsea it sounds like um you know had some Having kind a of knee, inju- yeah. knee issue or or some kind of like also rocky build up into this race yeah and, and I mean people I think tried to get to the start line because it is like was the biggest race of the year so far yeah. um and it didn't know it doesn't always work out yeah, yeah. you know Laura Phillip pulled out she was sick I think other performances like Ashley Gentle, I mean, always she's still up there. Lucy, again, kind of back to racing at best. Emma Pallant Brown, another crazy fast run coming through from how many places she did. Um, so, yeah, I think just, it, I, I think what's exciting is if that's like the indicator of right. the US Open, the Asian, you know, the PTO race in Singapore coming up for the end of the year. And now these ladies, the, the women and the men, but the women are starting to go, okay. We kind of getting the feel of this, this hundred K distance. Like this is where, this is how we need to, to race and win this. For sure. I think it's going to be exciting. It was quite good racing. Um, the racing that I saw from the, from the broadcast, we <laughs> yeah. have to talk about the biggest news, the biggest news out of the broadcast though, which was, so they were going around during the broadcast and interviewing various significant others, oh, right? They had, yes. they had Emma Snowsill on, they had uh, Reese, Reese uh, Lucy's husband, Josh Amberger, and then they interviewed Ruth Astle, who is dating <laughs> Alistair Brownlee. This, and I was like, this is like, must be the first official public announcement of these two in a relationship. I mean, everyone knows. Right, it's been an open secret like, for like three years, it, but this is yeah. the first. <laughs> And actually seeing them together at the finish line as well. And Ruth was out on course giving splits. So yeah, I thought that was big news of the, uh, big news of the weekend. Just maybe slightly second behind that was that Ali Browning nearly got taken out by some random spectator, probably, probably coming home from a night out in Ibiza town, walking across the wrong course, which is a little bit could have been, could have been a lot worse than it was. I think they, they kind of missed, missed something with that. 
Alistair did not yeah. slow down. He did not slow down, and I wouldn't have liked to have heard. Uh, there is what was coming out of his mouth. Oh, there is that is available. Oh, brilliant! Um, that adds all swear words. So yes, I can imagine. Yeah, that was that a big was. race, and then this was part of the World Triathlon Multisport Festival thing, which is like all the World Championships that aren't Olympic and sprint distance triathlons, yes. basically. And yeah. so the next day was the World Triathlon Long Distance Championships, which is a super odd distance of three k swim. Actually, I think it's meant to be 120k on the bike, but I think I read it was 118 oh. and then a 30k run. Now their run, I have to say, I didn't see the bike course because I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the coverage. I think the bike course was quite spectacular, a lot more spectacular than the four lap highway that the PTO was on. But their run course, I think like, and again, the PTO run course was sort of laps along the front right. in an old time, but the the long course race looked like it went up steps and cobbles and streets and all looked a bit crazy. Um, but clearly that from that race, men and women, um, you know, obviously the, the PTO interviewed a lot of couples racing on the broadcast and in the long course we had a couple racing. So who, what is it? Who trains together, wins together or whatever that phrase is that I've just made up. Um, and it was Clement Mignon, who's French, um, on the men's side and his partner, Marjolaine Perret, Perret on the women's side, it was, both of them I'd labeled, I'm pretty sure, as dark horses. I think Clement is actually a contender for Nice, mm-hmm. like long shot dark horse. The French boys, I think, are going to be very dangerous in, in Nice this year. Um, and for Marjolaine, she is known for her run. And with this, probably going to get controversial comments here, this long flowing blonde hair that seems to be loose when she runs, which I I don't know how you do that because mine has to be scraped back so hard. Um, But she, it's the first time I think she's raced over a half distance. So massive sort of, wow, this is really interesting to see her stepping up a little bit, a longer distance. Um, And she found herself in the lead fairly early on in the race um, off the back of a good swim and then early on in the bike and then just Ran away with it. So yeah, so that was the the win and the big news, I guess. Um, there were some big names in World Tri in the long course on the men's side, like Joe Skip. Uh, Matty Trapman finished third, so he was he's a pretty big name on the men and a uh, Spaniard, Antonio. Yeah. But, but we were saying basically Joe Skipper was further back. Kat Matthews ended yeah. up pulling out because she just wasn't recovered from Texas. Ruth Astle pulled out because she had like a Ruth Ruth had a yeah. Ruth had a calf niggle that she's been managing. So and unfortunately kind of just wasn't wasn't there. I think for Kat, um her explanation was like, yeah, just one race too far too for much. where for where she is at the moment. Like and I seven months out of getting hit by a car. Yeah, yeah, and off the back of Texas and then just emotional, physical, and everything else. Um which is which is a shame, you know, because I think she's one of those consistent racing. But you know, with what she's been through, and yeah, I mean, I think yeah, disappointing, but I think the right right decision in the day. And I wouldn't say like right, again, don't write her off kind of thing no, just off that no. one back one performance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. And then obviously we discussed this. You and I have discussed this, but a lot of the Americans stayed home this weekend. Yeah. Because we're American. That's what we do. And yes. so a bunch of the Americans went to St. George, which was Good. also this weekend, and was the North American 70.3 Championships. And it, it feels like weird for it to be like our third biggest race of the weekend. Yeah, I know. Is it only that like the North American Championships got busted by that? Yeah, PTO in the world, yeah. world long course. But, you know, still still absolutely stacked startless that if that had been the only race of the weekend, you'd still been like, wow, this is this is a super stack. Like, again, men's side, 
I think people were like waiting for the long V line, all the laundry matchup. Um, We want to see them sprint down to the finish line. We want to see the sprint down. I think Sam Long put that to bed pretty early on in the race. Um, He kind of caught up to the lead pretty early on the bike. I think earlier than he ever has done, sort of about 10K in. And then um, kind of traded places a little bit um, and then broke away in Snow Canyon, I think. Ben came into transition with like 240 lead just in that last section of the bike course and then just you know, didn't really look in danger on the run. Um, so great result for him again, probably a bit of a, not his, not his dominant start to the year he would have liked in like Oceanside and stuff. So back. And then on the women's side, super, super happy and excited. And I was crying at the finish line, not being there, but watching it on TV. Um, when I saw Jeannie Metzler win again, super rough few years, her first race back. I know she's been putting in a lot of work and she's been in a really good form. And so, yeah, it was great to see her her take the victory there. And Sky Monch second, and then uh, Danielle Lewis, great run into third for, on the women's side, just off the back Jeannie of Texas. Basically, didn't race last year be, uh, to like take care of her mental health. Is pretty much what she yeah. said, right? Yeah, and she hasn't really talked a lot about that, but I like it's pretty much what she she's talked she, a little about it. Yeah. She has like if you like for people who don't know, I'd say like go on her social media. She has. It was all, it kind of all started, I think, off the back of um, 70.3 Worlds a couple of years ago when Lucy won, I think it was that year. And I think Jeannie was, yeah, yeah. Um, was Jeannie third that year behind Taylor? Yes. Was Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, has just had a really rough couple of years, was very quiet about it as I think just trying to manage and and deal with things. And then has been a little bit more open in, in saying what she's gone through, like the, the last little bit. Um, but yeah, just super, super happy to see her back and smiling. And she was at the pool today and like, you know, bouncing around like old, old self. So well, hobbling around cause obviously right. raced a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was good. It was good. And then, uh, so it was all the bigger, well, not all, I was gonna say it was all the bigger, that was the big racing of the weekend. We had even more yeah. pro races, but then this upcoming weekend, we again have big racing. We're back on the WTCS circuit this weekend. Oh, now you sprung this on me. I'm no, like, no, so I, just, I was I, so, I was so caught up on last weekend and everything. I haven't, even, I haven't even managed. And also because I'm in the training block, I am, I can't live like a day ahead. I'm, I'm literally hour by hour at the moment living. So I haven't even looked to the weekend. I've only just, I've got to even work out what I'm having for dinner after this. Um, it's, Yoko, it's Yokohama, isn't it? It's Yokohama. Yeah. I'm just previewing <laughs> so that people that. are excited to come back for next week's Sid Talks when you will tell us about that's Japan. it. <laughs> so. Yeah, about Japan. I can do that. Japan's a good race. Yeah, that's exciting because, again, I think like the first first real WTS, is that yeah. probably fair uh, to say? Kind of, big one. Maybe. It's a big one. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. That was Sid Talks, and Sid will be back uh, I don't know, when, when she feels like it. Yeah. Well, when you invite me back, I do want to say, like, I think Ironman Australia should get a mention, but you cut me off on that one. The men's race was great. But yeah, anyway. Did you guys watch any of the racing this week? Did you guys follow any of the triathlon news? What did you think about the uh, about it all? I didn't watch any of it. I'm because it was on at like 2 a.m. our time. Like, honestly. Yeah. And the later stuff was while I was winning my 10K. Right. Oh! <laughs> oh! Cha-ching! Don't <laughs> Jocelyn. <laughs> uh, One for Jocelyn. So I, I actually found out about the results from the PTO race when I went to the pool in the morning. And 
a listener of this podcast had heard the previous weeks, knew after the law world's longest um that I probably was not going to watch the races. <laughs> she she gave me the the play by play, and I you know that was that was that, was, yeah. that was good. I I felt like yeah. I kind of knew what happens. Um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny that she just assumed I wasn't going to watch it, and so she told and you. told me that she was she spoiled the uh, the results. But that was perfect because I wasn't going to look them up. Um, well, no, I was going to look them up because I do my know. research for this right. podcast, right? Right, right. I believe you. I'm going to look at myself. Who won? Who won? Uh, Ann Hogg and Max Newman won uh, in Ibiza or Ibiza, however, if you're very European. And then uh, Sam Long and Jeannie Messler won in St. George. Okay. Uh, there was a lot of racing this weekend, which I think kind of raises the question like, I don't know, maybe this is a better question. So it's like, one would argue we're all kind of like, we're all triathletes, even if we haven't like done a triathlon recently. Mm-hmm. And we're still like, cut, like, I mean, sort of watches sort of can you is this ever gonna like catch on are people ever gonna watch triathlons not when there's four was it four big races yeah. all in the same weekend it was a lot um I did my way of if I don't actually watch it then I just like when I actually remember there was a race I'll go onto Instagram and like like look at this Instagram stories for like PTO where I can just oh. tap, 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 tap and see. You won't just scroll everyone's like Instagram learning experiences posts about it was a tough day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so that's what I do after the race is done. But if the race is still in progress, then I'll, I'll do the stories tap mm-hmm. and see like, Oh, now this person's in the lead. Okay. There so was wi- making a face. She was like, no, will it, will it catch on? Ah. Uh, Oof. I know. I think it all depends on how they package it. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, I will watch something that I personally have no interest in. And that's that's what the PTO is aiming for. People that they they want to capture the attention of just the very casual general sports fan, Mm -hmm. not the triathlon sports fan. But okay. Let's use Tour de France as an example. People love watching because mm-hmm. the commentators are amazing. The broadcast is totally dialed in. Mm-hmm. You see the beautiful landscapes, but it's just, the crashes, the crashes. But they also yeah. do really like watching the pretty landscapes to your point. Yeah. Like the whole thing. But it, you kind of have it on the background and you tune in when they get closer. Um, but it, they just haven't figured out how to package it as beautifully as they have for an event like that. I don't think there's enough trash talk either. I agree with, well, I don't know. I I remember like, like like whether you like Maka or not, the way he (laughs) trash talked was exciting. I think between the, the views and the venues and being able to make that part of the visual and kind of like trash talk and, not mean trash talk, but you know, good rivalries. Right. I, I think that's what'll make make people watch. I think that's what keeps people coming back. True. But like, if you're tuning in, if you're well, nobody flips to the channels right. anymore. You're because... basically saying if someone's flipping by and they watch, they're like, "Oh, that's pretty. What's going on?" And then if right. it's like funny, and then if it's like interesting and it's funny trash talking, they might come back yeah. the next time. They'll be like, "Oh, because because they have their favorites right. and they want to follow their favorites." So that's. 
that's the idea is that you you develop fan favorites and you start to have people that you follow. You know, we were we were talking about basketball before and who's we your were. team. So the equivalent of that. <laughs> but like in order to get the the viewership they need, it has to be the person who just turns on the game. Yeah. And instead of that game, you know, it's it's turning on triathlon. It's yeah. not it's because it's not very exciting when you just turn it on. Like with the Tour de France, I would say like they're in a pack and they're super close and it's kind of dangerous. There might be a spectator that like accidentally sticks his side out and causes the whole peloton to go down. I feel like when I have turned on like a clash race or something, the field's already split apart by then. It's like you're seeing people time trialing. You're seeing someone that's like way in the lead. I mean, there have been like really thrilling close finishes, though, Mm -hmm. but like if you randomly flip it on, that's not what you're seeing. See, I I guess I disagree. Like I would watch if you had it really well packaged and a great commentator, I would watch like marble racing. You know, I don't marble? really care. Is marble yeah. racing like a real thing? Or it is just... a thing, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like this is, I've heard of this. What is they in costumes or something? What is that? No, no, she means Marbles. marbles, not Marvel. Like... Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. My so favorite are... movie is The Incredibles, so that's where my mind is at. Okay. There you go. Sarah's so going there now. Yeah. We have everybody in costumes. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's how we save the sport. <laughs> That's how we save the sport. <laughs> Great plan. You know what? I find plan. draft legal more exciting to watch yeah. than yeah. the the than like Iron Man racing. I that I don't even though I love I love 70.3s, I'm not gonna sit there and watch one. I, I really am not. I but I I love to watch draft legal racing. I love mm-hmm. Super League. Stupid um, is good, yeah. It's really fun to watch. Games. I love that, but I, I can't, I'm not going to sit there and watch an Iron Man. I do I'm think not. Super League yeah. is the only one that, to Sarah's point, gets the packaging right right now. Like, yeah. they're the only ones that do it. Like, you, like, flip through and you're like, oh, yeah. All the yeah. stuff on this, yeah. It's it's what the heck is going on. I need to find <laughs> out. Yeah. No, honestly, if, if you're just casual, you're just casually going through the channels, because there have been times in other countries where there are sports that I would never watch, oh, but yeah. because... Mm-hmm. What the heck is happening here? Why are they paddling on boards and getting out and doing all sorts of things on the sand? Like, I, what is the sport speaking? you're describing? Yeah, that's true. And if they had like Australian surf life saving, Australian surf life saving. Okay, yep. <laughs> like if the commentators are like super super excited, even if they're like babbling in a foreign language, but you can like hear the excitement in their voice, then I feel like that keeps you from flipping the channel. Absolutely. The classic being like, you know, Mexican commentators for soccer. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really care about the team that much. No offense, you know, but like I am on their side because the excitement (laughs) of the (laughs) 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 Yeah, (laughs) we just need more. We just need more rabid fans in triathlon. No, you need to have more rabid commentators. Rabid commentators. commentators. <laughs> if you could get Shaq to commentate uh triathlon, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, I promise you everybody, everybody would show up. It would be hilarious. I feel like what is that like James Earl Jones? Like that like would be amazing. <laughs> that makes He's sense our- for Iron Man because it's you know like that slower pace. 
Yeah. I had suggested that for when, um, what's his name, just retired, mm-hmm. Mike Riley. <laughs> they, were, they were like pulling, like, who should replace him? I was like, James Earl Jones. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I feel like we've solved all this. I feel like we fixed triathlon, guys. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're going to put them in costumes. We're going to have people screaming. It'll be fantastic. Well, they have an audience for curling. There's got to yeah. be an audience for triathlon. You, you feel like, right? So. All right. We are going to finish on Sarah has a surprise question for everyone. She said she actually prepared in advance. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My surprise question, I am throwing it out completely and inspired by our last I know I can pivot. Uh what Marvel character would you be? Which ones are the Marvel ones? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Geez. Marvel or DC? <laughs> Come on. This, this is a trap on this podcast. Marvel or DC? Hmm. I was like, I was like that one, the woman, the one who like drinks too much and is angry and like wears all black. I feel like that one, but I was like, which one, you know? Is that a Marvel character? I, I, love, like all of I love Wonder Woman, uh, but I'll have to throw out because it is. AAPI month, uh, Jubilee from the X Men. Oh, she's Asian. Love it. Love yeah. it. So I, I have, I have a, I have a female T'Challa kit. So that's anything from Black Panther is, is for me. I have a, I have a, a, it starts black and it comes up with a lavender glow and it's got the chain embedded on it and everything. That's my wow. favorite. My favorite. Oh my gosh, you're gonna have to wear that at next week. So we can see you on video. <laughs> there's That's a there's awesome. a picture of me of um from um Iron Man Florida, I think it was eight, two years ago. And I'm crossing the line doing the salute in my T'Challa kit. Nice. That's awesome. All right, Sarah, what's your answer? Uh, I should have see this is the problem with, okay. with pivoting. Yeah. I guess I guess Jean Gray, you know, from X-Men. Hmm. Um okay. you know, yeah. you control things with your mind, do you mm. think? powerful ladies you gotta yeah. <laughs> my all-time favorite character though is elastigirl mm. oh i love the incredibles that is my favorite movie she's pretty awesome yeah, yeah. and she's a mom yeah <laughs> and my favorite line is when the the villain says is that you elastigirl and you married him and got busy because all the kids were supers too. And they're like, oh my God. And you got busy. It was hilarious. I so you're that. saying you relate to her character. Because <laughs> you got busy. Yeah. <laughs> but you're a super, you have superhuman powers. I love it. I love it. Okay, Kelly. Kelly. I was gonna say you gotta you gotta carry us out, Sarah. Like no, you didn't give us a character. Yeah. Oh, I was like, I was like, I'm thinking of the one and I was but then I couldn't think of anyway. I will go then with um. I think I was thinking of Black Widow, but that sounds weird. I'm going to go with Catwoman. Is that a, is that a Marvel character? Which, uh, is she, it's not DC. Is she is she a, 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 a villain or? That's appropriate. That's appropriate. I was like, I feel like, I, I feel like that was appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and anything okay. related to Eartha Kitt is cool. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning into our group ride of If You're Riding. If you have a, a Marvel or DC character you identify with, then drop us a voicemail. We we will love to hear from you. And until next week, this is our revamped 
2.0, or I guess, are we on the 3.0? 3.0 version of if we were writing. None of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top We reaching the top We reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top